Did you write down nature's draft? No, I didn't write that. Nature's draft. La, 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 la. There's a little intro for you folks, that's just a little uh, peep behind the curtain of uh, the A to Z of Everything podcast. Um, are, we bring, are we putting that in or maybe we're not? I don't know. Right then, well let's let's absolutely have this. Welcome to another episode of the A to Z of Everything with me, Andy Bush, her Louise Maloney over there. And we've got a special guest on today's recording, haven't we Louise? We do indeed. I'd just like to introduce you, Bush... To our producer, <laughs> I know, I know, I know him. Oh, do you? Okay. On, just, you, you, you think we've never met? Every every time this comes up, all the time, you've got it in my he's, in your head that we've never met. He's an up and coming radio producer, and uh, I'd just like to introduce you to the person who's producing our podcast and has produced the last few episodes. His name is Dane Smith. Dane Smith, I, uh, you right? Ah, look at him there. Hi, Dane. High energy, high Hi. energy start from Dane as yeah. ever there. <laughs> All right. Actually, I've got a bone to pick. What, what was it you said I, I remind you of a couple of episodes ago, oh, Bush? Yeah. A claymation. Oh, yeah. You are you are a little bit like uh, a claymation, like a late-night Channel 4, um, slightly uh, off-centre um, like program with a kind of curious... Like you, i tell you what it is. You remind me of, like, if there was a backstory uh, prequel series, a bit like they do in Star Wars, but with Chaz from Morph, like, what is Chaz? What's Chaz's story? That you're like that. You're like Chaz, and I mean that with you know, with a, in the best with the best will in the world, like a real compliment. I don't really know what that is. Are you aware of Morph? Kind of. He's very young, Bush. He's very young. How old are you, Dane? I am twenty-eight years old. Well, I think we, we've talked about this before. Dane's got no concept of the USSR. I think we worked out. What's the USSR? <laughs> you know, do you not know what the USSR is either? Um. Something about the Soviet Union. Yeah, it was what well, they, you know, before the, you know, the end of the Cold War, they were the USSR, and then obviously okay. they changed to Russia after. So you've got no concept of that either. Maybe it's just me. I think you're just, you know, you're showing your age there, Bush, a bit. Can I just, can I just point out that um, Dane's got his laundry hanging in the background. Uh, pull yeah. off one item of your, um, pull off one item there and give us a look at it there, Dane. A big clothes horse. Yeah, I've got oh, quite a few wow. pairs of boxes. Look at those boxes. Oh, look at those. They're them, you know them bamboo ones that have got the anti-chafe technology in? Because <laughs> I've got, I've got quite, quite thick uh, thighs that are quite hairy. I'm so glad and you said thighs. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I was really, so really worrying for a second then. Everything's quite close in the groin region on my body. I'm not right. that fat, but I sort of generate a lot of friction. So I had to get these... I wonder how many listeners like we've lost up until this point. <laughs> 20 odd quid a pair, these. They're not cheap, but what? they. Yeah, but I can hike all day long in them and I don't have any problems. I, it used to be a problem that if I you know, did any more than a few miles, that I couldn't have a bath for a week because it, like, I took skin really? off. It was, yeah. So you mean, really. mean inner in thigh to inner thigh chafe? Yeah. That would come up bad for you. Bad, yeah. So the girl version of that is called chub rub. And so we would wear a little pair of bicycle shorts under a skirt to avoid that chub rub. Yeah, that's basically what wow. what they are. They've kind of rebranded it for for fellas. Uh, and you say they're made of you say bamboo. What does that mean? They're not made of bamboo material. Yeah, are they bamboo like wood? Really? Yeah. <laughs> There's a joke in there somewhere. <laughs> you make anything out of uh, bamboo nowadays? I think that's good. I like them because you look at them and they don't say um, inner thigh chafe issue. They say elite sports person. They've got like a. <laughs> That's the vibe I'm giving. Middleweight champion of the world strap around the middle of them, which is nice. So, 
So that's good. Dane's got his washing there. Is your, I see washing from you in, in the background, Louise, as well. We'll get on to the letters and stuff in a second, but we you got washing going on there as well? Yeah, I'm in the, I'm in the laundry cupboard, which I'm really happy to say that Dane is quite impressed with my um, laundry cupboard. I think he imagined me just in like a little box, an Ikea box or something. Um, but it's actually, I can actually stand up in it, which is helpful. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of laundry going on. And I can see you are in your wardrobe, Bush, are you? Just in a little wardrobe, yeah. Just got all my uh, me clothes. Yeah. Um, my 501 pairs of Levi 501s. Yeah, nice. I, I'm sure I, I heard a rumour that uh, David Copperfield, the magician, has got 501 pairs of Levi 501s. I love people who buy loads. Do you do that? You buy lots of the same item. If you like an item of clothing, like, I really like that shirt. Would you buy lots of that shirt? I have a couple of things that are still in their wrappers. So I bought a really nice jumper last year that I was obsessed with, but it's white and grey, so obviously I'm going to ruin that at some point. Got a freshie. Mm -hmm. I got a freshie in paper, ready to go, when this one is worn out. Rip it out of the cellophane and off it goes. Chuck the other one in the bin. 100%. Um, Just just a couple of things to pick up on before we get stuck into uh, this week's episode. Uh, I, I put a thing onto Twitter about um, spice burgers. Oh, that did came you? Up in the last okay, episode, great. Didn't it? Yeah, yeah, because you were talking about like you know everyone in Ireland's eating spice burgers, and it's just weird that we've not heard of them over here. Mm-hmm. Not one person backed you up about the spice burger. I think Are anyone had ever heard of them. I think you might have made it up. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but because we have had um, something into the Instagram account A to Z of everything from Alison Smithers. Okay. And right. she says oh, yeah. she says she thinks the English or British equivalent of the Irish spice burger is a I don't know if I'm saying this properly, Rizzle. Oh, a Rizzle. Rizzle? Is Rizzle? that what it's called? Dane? Rizzle? It's called, Dane? I I have no idea. Okay, Helpful. Dane. Um, Dane, thank you very much. Yeah. I'm I'm supposed to be here to help with accuracy and uh, but I don't know how you're even spelling that. So Riz- okay, so it's R I S S O L E S and it says Rizzles and ships are a common choice of meal. Interesting sentence. These rissoles are meat, yep. typically beef, uh, in Yorkshire, mashed up with potato, herbs, and sometimes onion. They are coated in breadcrumbs or less frequently battered and deep fried. Very similar to the Irish Spice Burger. I, I worked in a chip shop, right, for the entire summer after I graduated from university. It was it was a proper hit, hit the ground, back down to earth with a bump. Mm. Um, and I, I no one ordered, I didn't have a single order for an, 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 an arse, it sounds like an arsehole, <laughs> a rissole. <laughs> At all, the whole time I was I was there. I've never heard of these things. Alison, um... Alison, you're a legend. Thank you for backing me up, but you seem to be the only one that has backed me up. So maybe I'm going to have to retract Spiceburger. Well, so yeah, because like in the week I've put Spiceburger up. Now I'm going to have to clarify Rissol. Yes. People are going to think this is some kind of like chip shop based podcast. Is it a real like thing? I don't know. The Spiceburger? Or is it like one of them secret menu items that you get from takeaways and stuff? Did they just invent it for you? It does. Oh, I know what you mean. Like pre, like made for me. It does feel like it's a euphemism, but it 100% isn't. Um, and definitely spice burger and chips. It's not in a bun, though, I should point out. It's just you eat the battered burger part of it. Um, but, you know, right. we digress. We digress. Okay, I'm going to retract spice burgers. Maybe they aren't a thing. Maybe I dreamt them up. Whatever. But, I mean, the, the word spice has now got connotations that maybe it didn't have a few years back as well. So it does sound like something you might have <laughs> if you've been up for two or three days. Although Ben, ben Treblecook has, has tweeted us about the spice burger to say, you had me at overcodded, which I believe was your phrase about it last time. That it was overcodded. Did I say Is that? Is that the phrase, Louise? I don't Louise? even know what I said last week. You know, I, don't, I can't even remember. But, like... I just think, yeah, I just think uh, I'm going to have to literally go back to Dublin just to have a bloody spice burger. 
Yeah, yeah, do it. Um, and make sure you document it and we'll, we'll post it on an Instagram account. Well, listen, you know how this works. is the A to Z of everything. Uh, every week, Louise and I uh, go through uh, our bag of destiny, which is a bag with pebbles with letters drawn on them. That chooses what letter each week we are going to be uh, attending to. And we're just trying to categorise and record all the things in life that maybe don't get the credit they deserve based on that letter. And we're not constricted by a decade or anything like that. So anything goes. And we can come back to letters. So... It's kind of free form here. Uh, last week, we drew the letter L. So this week, it is stuff in life, in the A to Z of everything, beginning with L. Louise, what are we starting with? Now, hang on, Bush. I think Dane is here to make a few corrections over the last few weeks. Should we do that before the letters? Oh, okay. Well, yeah. Uh, so is that what this is, think, Dane? Is this a disciplinary? <laughs> I think that's what it is. Um, he's, come on, he's come on the meetings. It's like uh, getting a union rep <laughs> if you're being let go. I think Dane. I'd like I'd like Dane to come into the meeting with me if that's okay because he's gent up on uh, union law. Uh, Danage is here and he is well. I think he needs to make a couple of corrections because as as the listeners know, Bush and I come on very little prep is done, very little research yeah. is done, and we're sort of spitballing, really, aren't we, Bush? We're making it up as we go along. We're really making it up as we go along, and we're fine with that. But sometimes, ever so often, something comes along where Dane is like he he sends us. Maybe not a stern email, but he's definitely on the email going, uh, guys, just so you know, blah, blah, blah. So I think this is a really good opportunity for Dane to take us up on a couple of things we've said in the last few weeks that maybe aren't so accurately, aren't so accurately correct. Is that a term? Aren't so accurate. I like the fact that you've inaccurately said accurately, <laughs> which, is, which kind of sums everything up. Perfectly. <laughs> Dane, what are you thinking? Uh, do we need to be sort of chastised for anything? Yeah, I mean, so actually looking back, um, it's all just... Problems with you, really? Um, me? Are you talking to me? Oh dear, oh dear Louise. Yeah, right, Grace. Well, maybe, maybe I'll just go and get a coffee. I'll <laughs> leave you guys to it. Yeah. Go on, tell me. Uh, well, not really. I mean, it was it was the the venom with which you accused Bush of lying about fig wasps. I think uh, on last week's oh, episode. Oh, they're fig yes. wasps. Um, yes. So let's clarify. Okay. We were talking about figgy biscuits. I was saying that the one of the downsides or the big kind of scare of eating figgy biscuits is I'd heard that sometimes they can have um, like dead wasps in them because wasps get, I don't know what happens, but like wasps will eat a fig, love it so much they pass out, fall into the fig, get kind of like cryogenically frozen like Han Solo at the end of uh, Empire Strikes Back and then um, and then you might end up eating one. But uh, Louise, you thought it was ridiculous and, and kind of threw it out of the podcast in many ways, didn't well, you? Well, like as you can imagine, I thought that was absolute BS on um until I heard from Dane and Dane informed me that maybe it isn't BS. Dane, fill me in, please. Please don't ever ask me to fill you in ever again. Uh, <laughs> so, um, <laughs> this has taken a real turn this podcast episode, isn't it? Um, sort of right. So yeah, like figs uh, do get um, pollinated by wasps, um, but I think I could be wrong. I didn't do that much reading up on it. I know that that's true, but I think the wasp sort of gets like digested by the fig, so there's no wasp left in the fig when it comes around to eating it. But I don't think most figs we eat nowadays uh, are done that way with wasps anymore. I think they just sort of spray some shit on it, and it's now it's a fig that you can eat, I think. Oh, fine. Oh, that's all right then. I don't really know much about fig wasps, I just know that they exist. But I did look into it because I thought... If, if anyone wants to know more about fig wasps, apparently uh, at Leeds Museum, they've got one of the world's biggest collections of fig wasps. Um, <laughs> so you can go and 
go and find out about them if you're on a day trip to Leeds. Not only am I right, that there's also an exhibition about them. That it's such a thing then that Louis, that Louis is obviously saying that this wasn't a thing. I understand. Yeah. I understand what you're saying, right? So they get sort of like disintegrated into the fig. Is that correct? And there's no wasp yeah, left. I think they, I think they lay. I, it, there's something to see with like male figs, female figs, male wasps, female wasps. I don't. They go in there. They maybe lay some eggs in the fig. And oh, then that's worse. I think it dies. Yeah, I think it dies in the fig. But then the fig like digests the dead wasp but then also then like the baby wasps feed on the thing okay i've heard enough that's disgusting I've heard enough. I, it's like something know. it's like the xenomorph thing from alien yeah. like flamethrower and eggs and everything I, I, lo- I used to love figgy biscuits genuinely one of life's real treats but thanks dane you've just ruined them i'm never gonna have them ever again in my entire even life even if the wasp is disintegrated it does sound like there is wasp dna in fig rolls somewhere along the line no because the way the way that figs for fig rolls are made uh now they don't use wasps at all. They just spray them with some chemical that's surely good for you. <laughs> I was going to say, I think I'd rather right, okay. the wasp. Like. <laughs> yeah. So we've plunged the entire figgy roll uh, market down the tubes there. Uh, and there was another um, main clarification that you needed to put forward to Louise. This is over me again, great. Yeah, well, there was the... Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I'm actually a bit worried about you because you said that your fan that you have on all night, every day, is 30p a minute. Now, the maths on that, if you run it for eight hours a night, would be £4,032 a month to run the fan. <laughs> now, the thing is, you you said, well, you know, it's pretty reasonable. It's only 30p a minute. So <laughs> either there's some, you know, this podcast making a lot of money that I'm not getting a cut of, or maybe you meant 30p an, an hour. hour. I even, did mean Even that. 30p an hour, if you have it on eight hours a night, all month. That's 70 quid a month you're spending on one fan. Just on a fan. I'm on desperate. intermittent fan. I'm desperate. And don't forget, I've no heating bills, Dane. So, like, I've swapped it. I've just literally done a direct swap. Didn't you say you have two fans on the go as yeah. well, though? <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that's even worse. But, you know, we mentioned earlier on about the, the what do you call it, the chub rub? Yeah. Due to heat. The only way to get around that is, you know, a couple of good, high-quality fans. Spread those legs, get your fan on, all good in the hood. There you go. That's going on a poster for the A to Z of everything. Uh, Dane, was there anything else you needed to pick Louise up on um, uh, at yeah. this stage? One last thing, and that was that um, she said that I've moved to the Midlands. <laughs> Where did you move again? Back to my hometown of Blackpool, which is the north, <laughs> very much the north. I should have known from that accent. It's just that, like, when you move over from Ireland and you... Li- oh, yeah, I forgot you- you're foreign. Yeah, I'm totally foreign. Yeah, yeah. And we just don't yeah. have an absolute rashers of where anything is in the UK. Like, I still don't understand where we are nearly in London. I kind of get it now. But, I mean, how the hell am I supposed to know where... Where are you going again? Birmingham? Me? Blackpool. 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 Sorry. No. I'll I'll let that one go, but I just wanted to make sure that the listeners didn't think that... Fair. I was in the Midlands. I love that you you are so put out by the thought of people thinking that you're living in the Midlands, that you've you've come onto the podcast to (laughs) quell that rumour. Yeah. I'm, I'm very... Proud to, to be from this northern shithole. Oh, it's so cute, isn't it? <laughs> I, can I just say, I've done a couple of gigs up in Blackpool and I've never been so scared in my entire life. <laughs> With the best will in the world. I've never been so scared in my entire life. And, and I would say in Blackpool as well, they've got the highest frequency of a thing that me and my brother called, uh, call a Weatherspoon's miracle, which is a mobility empty mobility skewer outside a pub. Because obviously they've managed to find the will to get in there. And it's like... 
four deep are those outside each of the Weatherspoons in uh, Blackpool. It's an amazing place. What, 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 a, what a nightlife it's got as well. It's also the only place I've ever been to where we ate in an Italian restaurant and we were the only people in there. So we thought, well, let's go to the pub across the road. Went to the pub across the road. We were the only people in there as well. It was literally, we were the only people on our night out. It was incredible. <laughs> yeah. Well, if uh, if we have time at the end, I have a uh, letter suggestion. You kick it off. Dane, you kick off yeah, L today. Kick you off. kick off L today. Come on then, yeah, let's okay. do it. Can I, little musical interlude. <laughs> You know Disco Stew from The Simpsons? Yeah. Yes. He's, he's just, I don't, no one really knows what his job is. He's just Disco Stew, isn't he? He's just, just a disco. vibe. He's a vibe. Yeah. He's just a cool dude, isn't he? Well, Blackpool has and has had for a long time our own Disco Stew. Uh, and it's a guy called Lionel Vinyl. <laughs> right. Who, <laughs> um, I don't really know what he does. Uh, I think he's a DJ. I don't know. He is now a very much either middle-aged, maybe slightly older, balding white guy who appears in pubs and bars and clubs around Blackpool with the full bodysuit, flares, diamantes, fake Afro wig and fake uh, goatee. Amazing. And he he just does disco. That's just what he does. He's just around Blackpool doing disco. And um, when I was a kid, I was like in awe of Lionel Vinyl. Everyone knew who Lionel Vinyl was. He was just around. And whenever I'd see a limo occasionally driving around Blackpool, my mum always used to say, that's Lionel Vinyl and his limo. <laughs> now, I don't know if that's true, but in my mind, <laughs> Lionel Vinyl only drove around with his driver in his limo around Blackpool, which can't be true, because I don't know what the guy's job was. I don't know how he made any money. But now, to me, limos are always that... They've got that really cool factor. So I'm putting limos in, specifically Lionel I thought, Lionel I thought you were going to put Lionel. I thought you were going to put Lionel Vinyl. It's there. It's a tap, it's a tap in, Dane, for Lionel Vinyl, but you've gone for limos. Well, both. I mean, it's Lionel okay. Vinyl's limo. Okay. You know, it was yeah, the weird thing is the weird thing is with, with limos. I agree with you. I, I grew up thinking limos are just wow. You know, yeah. these kind of cool someone famous. celebrities. Someone it's got to be someone famous going to or from uh, like a premiere. But then as you get a bit older, you realise it might be like a load of girls on a hendy yeah. or some <laughs> kids who've just finished their sick form. Has anyone here ever been in a, in a limo? Yeah. No. Nope. No, I haven't either. So what is it not? I feel like there's probably a lot of jizz stains in them, Bush. <laughs> Oh, Louise. But you know what I mean? Like, you're drinking champagne, guys are trying to be cool, you know, girls get in, stuff happens, jizz. <laughs> well, what a, if you boiled a night out down to just its constituent parts in order, that seems to be it, doesn't it? <laughs> but no, I mean, for me, limo-wise, I've been, we did one in, in Vegas, which was very cool. Oh, cool. Limo in Vegas There was, was good. definitely and jizz in that limo, <laughs> boys, just so you know. It was know. only us eight guys in there, so I don't know what you're no, saying. No, but what I'm saying is jizz stains from previous people why are you so obsessed with jizz <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we did one what did we do one we did one uh, we went to an awards thing in London we we got a limo from, it was cheaper to get a limo from Bristol with four of us in it than like we'll go on the train <laughs> or something like that as well so the big uh, I, who I, I am but it was it, they're really cool I, although I wouldn't want to have an accident in a limo and I don't mean a jizz stain I mean like if you crashed in a limo you're just sliding around there's just stuff sliding around in there like bags and glasses and everything is there no seatbelts it's a health and safety nightmare is there no seatbelts yeah but but no one wears them because they're all kind of everyone's like leaning forwards getting dr drink or you know mopping jizz up with bits of you know <laughs> tissue and whatever 
on the Lionel vinyl note, I've actually just remembered that. Um, you know, did you ever have ins- like an inspirational speaker come into your school and do a, mm. like a talk and assess special assembly? We had that with Lionel Vinyl. Oh my <laughs> god! Lionel, the local like no, no offense to him, but the local character. <laughs> yeah, he came in for the whole school, did like a full school assembly of here's how you could be Lionel Vinyl too, kids. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> do you know who my school's inspirational speaker was? No, go on. Louis Walsh. Oh my, really? Wow. Yeah. And he. You're the dark horse of the competition. <laughs> what was he saying then? What was Louis going on about? He just got lucky with Boyzone, didn't he? He brought in Whatever. his latest um, protege, which at the time was Samantha Mumba, and she hadn't gotten, you know, her first hit yet. So he brought her oh, yeah, in, yeah, that. and she did a song, and he was just like, you know, follow your dreams. Anyone can do it, that kind of thing. And uh, I think we felt quite pumped up after it, to be honest. <laughs> that is quite high level, to be fair. That is, uh, we, we had no one famous come into our school or do anything like that at all. So uh, Louis Walsh is pretty good. He's, he's no Lionel Vinyl. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean? But it's so weird though, that they've brought in, because like, um, I, I would say everyone listening to this right now has got like a local character that, you know, no, you know that is known in town. Like when I, when I was in Bristol, we had a, a guy called Sapphire who was this brilliant black guy who used to roller skate around in like... Um, shiny, uh, sparkly, like really tight shorts and have disco music playing and have kind of crazy glasses and stuff like that. But he was just like a total local character that made you, you know, made you smile when you walked past them. But whether he would be invited in to then give a talk at a local school about <laughs> you two could cycle around in cycling shorts at Broadmead, I don't know. But there you go. That is L for limos and Lionel Vinyl. I'm going to, well, I'm going to, thinking about jizzy limos and Lionel Vinyl, I think I'm going to just raise stakes a little bit and bring letters to the table. Handwritten letters. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. The reason being, like, there is nothing more exciting than getting a handwritten envelope into your, like, all we get now is bills, right? All we get is bills, 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 issues, issues, Uh issues. When you get a handwritten envelope that you know is a letter inside for you that someone has taken the time to write and is received into your uh, letterbox. I just think it's so amazing. I would say nowadays, the only way you're getting handwritten letters is either blackmail or a complaint in the block of flats you live no in. No way, do you? you know I mean, who's handwriting you a letter these days? So when Tom and I didn't live together, he used to write me letters. Did he? Yeah. That's very romantic. Yeah, and then I never wrote any back. <laughs> So he basically was like, you really have to write me a letter. I was like, okay, I will. Yeah, no, he used to always handwrite stuff. Um, and wow. I still have them all. Has he got good writing? Has he got nice yeah, writing, yeah, yeah, Tom? Yeah, and he, and he always does um, uh, illustrations as well on the page. So there will always be drawings wow. alongside the letter. He's a really good drawer. Um, but I just think there's, yeah. And even sometimes my mom will write me a letter from home, from Dublin. And it's just so special and it's such a keepsake. And it's such... Uh, a representation of who that person is when you have that letter and you keep it forever. And I just think we need to do more of it. It's a good point. When you watch, uh, say, Antiques Roadshow and they look through kind of old letters and stuff that have been sent from people in the yeah. olden days, like, they, you know, you wrote letters for a particular reason, whereas like now, well, imagine people in a thousand years go back and look through our email chains as a way of trying to understand us as a society. It's just like stupid comments or memes. or You know what I mean? It's, it's pointless. Whereas, you know, I can imagine Tom starting a le- letter with... 
Hello, my dear Louise. I trust this finds you well. Was he, would he send for you? Is that the kind of thing where he'd write and then, you remember in the olden <laughs> days, people would send for someone. Is that what he was doing? Saving no, up and it, was, it wasn't quite like that. It was more just like, I don't know, I think it was a real romantic gesture. When was the last time you got or sent a letter, a handwritten letter, Bush? I can't remember. Really? I, I genuinely can't remember. I can't remember. I mean, I remember writing, you remember the old school, uh, lovely, blue, really thin airmail? Mm, yes. I remember me and my brother were, were trying our best to get off with these Swedish girls that we met on holiday in Spain. So we then uh, went through being pen pals with them, playing the long game. Now it happened. Uh, but we used to write to them quite a bit on, on airmail, really thin uh, letters. Uh, and that would have been the last time, I feel like the last time I would have written a letter. That was years and years oh, and years gosh. ago. I need to write to someone. I think if, if I suddenly sat down and wrote to someone now, they'd mm. think I was dying. Like when, when would you would you've got if you got a, letter, a handwritten letter off me you'd think immediately as you're opening it you think Bush is, is in some serious trouble. This is bad news. You know I mean? This is bad news. Bush, these airmail letters that you sent to the Swedes, right? Yeah. How saucy if you were trying to like get stuck into these girls? How saucy did these letters get? No, there was no sauce in there at all. It was this was uh, teenage um, knockabout fun humour. Uh, postcards or dispatches from Devon, basically, to uh, Malmo, where they lived. So we were very much just fun and games. In fact, we ended up going over there, me and Simon, uh, my brother, mm. uh, to stay with them for a week. <gasps> Go on. Like five of them. Go on. And now and st- still happens. So we After all your letter useless. writing. I know. Wrote, I think we wrote about seven or eight letters and uh, it didn't get anywhere. So uh, if you're listening to this thinking maybe letter writing is a good... Although, to be fair, Tom, it worked with... Tom, Tom obviously wrote you Although letters. I'd already slept with him at that stage, but still. No, oh, brilliant. I love the way you, you still keep that uh, romance and, and <laughs> yeah. you know, beauty and still there. Still capture that magic. So, uh, well, that's good. I, I'm gonna, I, I, I agree with that. L is for letters, and we encourage you on this podcast to do some letter writing. I'm going to do an L, uh, which might be a bit of a weird one for people outside of London, but I'm going to, I'm, I want to put it in. L is for Lime Bike, who, they're my, my arch enemies. You know, are you aware of Lime Bikes? Well, I live in Hackney, Bush, so all I hear is, do you know what that noise means? No, what is that? What is that? Stolen Lime Bike. Oh, really? Is that it ticking and calling for help? Yeah, that's like, that's like literally, they've wrenched it off the thing or whatever, and they're cycling it around. They've somehow got through the loophole and they're and they're riding it for free. So if you don't know what they are, they're they're like a little bit like Boris bikes, you know, that where you get these kind of bikes where you can hire them for a bit. I think you pay per every so often on miles or something like that. They've got a bit of an like an electric motor in them and stuff as mm. well. And I understand the idea is like, oh, you know, let's try and get everyone on bikes and it's kind of cool and groovy. But normally they're written ridden by the worst people on this planet, yeah. not concentrating. I mean I cycle, so these people are just like watching telly whilst they're cycling around <laughs> like something out of Nathan Barley. And then they leave it. You can't go anywhere in London, 200 yards, and you're never far away from a line bike that's just left there or it's like half in a canal or so. I absolutely hate it. They, they do my head in. So uh, I just wanted to put it forward as that. They also park them like horizontally on the path. So yes. you'll be walking down the street and literally you, you have to walk onto the street just to get around the line bike. Well, if you know, our, our mutual friend Brian uh, mm. told me that his mum used to tell him when he was little that discarded supermarket trolleys were children who stayed out after their <laughs> bedtime. <laughs> so I wonder whether that could, line bikes could be the new one of those tales for mums or nanas trying to scare the bejesus out of kids to go to bed early. But in the 80s of everything, L is for line bike. 
Ella's also four. Now, the reason I'm putting this in is because it's so insane that I get asked about this particular thing when I go abroad. And I do get okay. asked about it. I, I spent a summer in um, California, uh, in San Diego, uh, after my uni, after uni. And the amount of people who brought up the word leprechaun to me. <laughs> okay. Now, people... You say they brought up leprechaun. Yeah. What kind of scenario are we talking about here? Well, like, the odd person actually believes they're true. Like, there are these, you know, sort of things that do exist in, in Ireland. And, you know, they go leprechaun hunting and stuff. And they're like, so have you ever seen a leprechaun? I'm like, are you effing out of your mind? Like, it's basically like me saying, like, do you have fairies at the end of your garden, you mad egg? You know, it's not like... they're not. <laughs> you've obviously heard of leprechauns. Did you honestly think they were true at any point in your life, Bush? Well, no, I mean... I- I can understand why, no offence to Americans, right? I can mm. understand why Americans might believe it. I, I remember going over to Cork mm. uh, with two, my, my mate Stu and then these two lads from our American Studies Department who come over from like the Deep South or whatever. And they, they just think, I think Americans think, think Ireland is just like um, this kind of like emerald isle of like fairy dust and, and yeah. you know, all that kind of thing. Mm. Uh, Lucky Charms, I don't think that cereal helps from a PR level. <laughs> but we, we took these two lads to Blarney, so they kissed the Blarney stone. Yep. And I think they genuinely thought that it was going to bring them good luck. And it all feeds into the mysticism that surrounds Ireland. But uh, at its very base, um, leprechauns are just little tiny, what are they, little gnomes with hats. Elves. Do lots of card tricks. Yeah. Elves. Who kissed the Blarney stone, Bush? Did you kiss it or did your mates? We all kissed it. It's got an STD, you know that. Oh my, is it really? Of course it does. It's got like hundreds of people tonguing it every day. Like, if it doesn't have an STD, it's a complete anomaly, like, you know? Well, it could, it could be a massive, like, historical practical joke as well, because if you go, I don't know what castle you go to, but you go to this castle in Ireland, mm. and you lie on your back and stick your head virtually out of the main wall yeah. of the edge of the castle, because you kiss it upside down. Yes. But, I mean, I mean, maybe like four or five hundred years ago, that would have just been a latrine or a toilet for a guard or something, 100%. and you're tonguing it. But what's worse now is that people really get stuck into it. You know, they really just give it a go. And it's one person after another, after another, after another. So, like, I mean, I think we have mentioned this before. If you come down with some serious illness at some point in your life, Bush, it's likely to have come from the Blarney Stone. Imagine that. Imagine you going there absolutely hoping for good luck and all you get is herpes. (laughs) That'd be terrible, wouldn't it? Thanks, Ireland. Huh? Uh, so you think that the Americans possibly might believe that um, leprechauns are real? Yes, and also, as I'm sure you've heard before, every single one of them says to you, oh my God, you're Irish, I'm Irish. And I go, oh my God, really, how? And they say, my aunt's uncle's dog's sister is Irish. And I'm like, no. So we call them plastic paddies because they're not real. Um, but the amount <laughs> like of people it. in the States who want to be, like even a, even a shred Irish is insane. So when they hear my accent and the fact that I grew up there, but my parents are Irish... They just, they lose it. Like, they just absolutely yeah. love us. They want a bit of the action, don't they? Uh, just because they've eaten a potato, they think yeah. they're Irish. 100%. And it ain't going to happen. It's not so happen. Irish citizenship refused there from Louise. Uh, L is for leprechauns. I'm going to chuck another one in. Rachel of the North has got in touch with us on Twitter and wants to uh, submit Lucasaid. But she says not normal Lucasaid, glass bottle, sticky cellophane, uh, Lucas A, which is very pertinent to say because my, my uh, middle daughter, Thea, is off school uh, ill. She's got a sore throat and a bit of a temperature. She sat watching Lilo and Stitch in the other room as we record this. And I'm thinking maybe I should get her a good old day off school classic Lucas Aid with a sticky cellophane top. The thing is, though, Bush, like, have you looked at the ingredients? No, I don't even know what's in it, but I'll just, I will drink it. 
It's, I don't think it's very healthy. Like somebody, like what an incredible PR plan that someone said, this is actually good for your health. Um, because yeah. my granny used to give it to me. My granny used to give it to me on sick days and stuff. That and flat 7-Up or flat Coke. I don't know why it has to be flat. <laughs> but um, flat soft drinks and Lucasade, absolutely amazing. But like when it's so sickly, sticky, sugary, I just don't understand Maybe how that's going to help Maybe it's what your body's think? craving that kind of stuff. But I mean, it really, even if, I mean, I don't very often have, if I have Lucasade, I'll have that Lucasade sports stuff now. It's like a classic hangover cure. The yellow but, um, stuff. Yeah. But like, I don't know when was the last time you ever had like the old, you know, when you see a bit, you, you only get it in the pharmacy, the big old bottle of Lucozade. And that really reminds me of being off with like tonsillitis when mm. I was about nine, you know? Mm. There is something old to school. it, isn't there? There is something to it. And also then that nostalgia you get when you have it when you're older and it just reminds you of being a kid and being sick and being looked after by your mother or granny. Always my granny. Don't know why. Always my granny looking after me though. But the other one my mum used to make us when we were ill was, um, um, I think I might have mentioned this before, we called it a gookie egg, but which was a soft-boiled egg mashed up in a cup with butter and pepper. And that really reminds me of being off, off ill. I might make Thea a gookie egg when we finish recording this, and she probably won't eat it. My granny's gookie egg was uh, an egg cracked into some potatoes, and then you mash Ooh. up the potatoes and just have the egg and potatoes with salt and pepper. Absolutely delicious. Has that got an Irish name, like le- leprechauns, something or other? <laughs> do you know what I think we called a gookie as well? I honestly, honestly do, like... So if anyone else is listening to this now and you have called a mashed-up egg in a cup or whatever format, gookie, gookie egg, gookie anything, get in touch. What's the uh, the Instagram, Louise, for people to get in touch with? A to Z of everything. I'll get it in my head at some point. In the A to Z of everything, L is for Lucasade. A place, right? I'm going to add a place that I don't go to often enough, and I think if I had a membership to like a really cool one, I'd go way more often. Or maybe I wouldn't. Maybe my lifestyle is just too fast. But I want to put in the library into L. Okay. And the reason I want to put in library is because there is just no other place on earth really that's now as quiet and chill and zen as the library. And you, I know your life, Bush. You're running around like a blue arse fly most of the time after kids, yep. after jobs, after everything. And imagine just going in and just sitting in a library for a while. Wouldn't that be just amazing? I mean, I'm tempted to go in there. I walk past one uh, on the way to work quite a lot, and it's like a, it's quite a retro-looking library, like a proper old-school 1970s thing that we've got in um, Westcliff near Leon C here. And I do, I've, 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 I'd love to just go in there, you know, sit, maybe go through. What, what's the thing where you go through um, old newspapers with the with the machine? I don't know the machine, but I know sports. exactly what you're talking about, though. Yeah, I remember my dad tried to trace his uh, family tree and we, we had to go to a, a library with him and, and watch him scroll through old, uh, like, newspaper prints. Um, microfilm? Yes, microfilm. Nice one, Dane. That was, what about that? So, yeah, I'd like to go in there, check out some microfilm and maybe rent a DVD. No, like, we're not bringing it into the 21st century, Bush. We're just going to leave it. Rent a DVD. Really? Yeah. Do you have a DVD player? No, but I just want to rent one. I love the idea of just like signing it out. I've said this before. I, I hate the fact that everyone can watch anything at any one time now because of Netflix. But I think Netflix, when they get to a certain anniversary, should do a, a one-in-one-out special where if someone around the world is watching that film, you can't actually watch it until they finished it. What are you renting? What, what are you renting, Bush? I'm going to rent um, Empire Strikes Back. Mentioned it a little bit earlier on. But say if I'm watching that and Dane wants to watch it, Can't. he'll have to wait for me to finish, and then I want I want a feature added. Come around to yours. Well, no, well that's not how it works. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess you could come around to mine. Yeah, yeah. then you've got to come down from the Midlands. It's going to take ages. 
Can I just say, I think I heard uh, this week or last week that Netflix had just closed its final in-real-life place because it started off as a place where you could rent things actually physically. Oh, my God, gosh, only I saw just that. Stopped that. I, sh- yeah, I yeah, saw so, that. Yeah, so this is very timely of you. Isn't it? Just this, as ever, this, this um, podcast is just cuttingly topical. Uh, in the A to Z of everything, L is for... Libraries. Libraries. Another one here, just to chuck in very, very quickly, uh, a place that I, I want to go back to, and again, this kind of continues the, the peace thing that Louise just mentioned there, Loch Orr in the Highlands. We went there on a family holiday, absolutely beautiful, love a loch. Who doesn't love a loch, you know, with its kind of almost like glass-like surface, really mm. calm, looks like an oil painting. And, you know, I, I, I love living by London and going in and out of London. Dane probably feels the same way about going in the Bullring in Birmingham, etc. But sometimes it's nice to think about getting out of things. Do you ever you think you could live out in, in the middle of nowhere, Louise? Just you and Tom. Tom writing letters, chopping wood. You doing knitting by the fire. We discussed this last night because we were looking at a documentary and in the documentary was this, this old Welsh village, basically. And I was like, do you think we could live there? Um, and I don't know if we could. Like, I think you get very into London life where you step outside on your doorstep. It's the best coffee shops and the best restaurants and the best everything. However, everything changes with age. And I think you probably do yes. get into a space where you can be like, do you know what? I'm done with this loud, pollution crap. Bring on the luck. So maybe, would you? Oh, well, I don't know. I think I could do. But I, I, maybe I'm less invested in like the, the mod cons like you are, Louise. Because obviously you've mentioned on this podcast before, You'd be on the on the bus home from a night out, and then you would you would book Uber Eats to to, to bring you a McDonald's by yes. the time you got put your key in the door. Yeah. So I don't know if you can do that in Aberystwyth or <laughs> uh, in Butte up in Scotland. So we'll have to see. Yeah, but I could have a wild swim in the lock, and I would absolutely love that. Oh, I, I tried to get into wild swimming actually here um, a few months ago in Leon Sea, but every time I went down there, the tide wasn't in. It's absolutely infuriating. You know, you can just find that out before you go down bush. I know, I didn't realise. I just kept going down there on the off chance the tide was in. It was always out. <laughs> oh, my God. What kind of just swimwear furious, do you wear, Bush? Furious in a wetsuit. No, I was just in a pair of shorts, and I definitely would have had some incident. It was like the opening 20 minutes of Casualty, the TV show. <laughs> Nobbed with glasses thinks, oh, no, I'll get, into, I'll get involved in, you know, wild swimming. What can go wrong? But, yes, yeah, so I never actually got in. Never actually got in. Bush, I'm disappointed in you and for you. I think that, like, wild swimming is incredibly healthy and you live by the beach. You should be in there at least two to three times a week. Actually, I love it. I like the idea, right? And whenever I'm abroad, I go swimming a lot in the sea and I love it. The mm. problem is with, with England is you get that bit where you just step on something or you feel something under your feet and just think. Or if you just have an awareness, it's just a little moment where it suddenly dawns on you that you could be bobbing around amongst a load of turds. I know. You just think, right, I'm actually going to get out of here. This is horrible. I don't don't even know. I can't see the bottom. I can't see the bottom of the sea. What's going on? Or you step on something and you just hope to God it's not a syringe. I'll never forget my mate Dan. We were out swimming in Torquay, uh, just off off the beach there in Torquay, which is, you know, it's a nice seaside and everything. That's where I grew up. He dived down and picked someone up, came back up, and it was just a massive white pair of underpants. It was awful. <laughs> Absolutely horrendous. So just, you know, if you're going in the sea, folks, just be careful what you, what you dive for. Oh, Bush. I was born and bred in Blackpool. and We know, Dane. Stop going on about it. Like Jesus. All you go on about is Blackpool. Sorry, I'm just saying that. I've been, you know, next to the sea most of my life, and I've never been in that water. You've never been in the sea in Blackpool and you grew up and live in Blackpool? God, no. Okay, well, how bad is it, Dane? Well, I've lost count of how many times it's nearly been shut down over the years because it, 
they were genuinely worried it was going to like kill people. The quality of the water. <laughs> I think it's because this. I don't know how true this is. They get apparently they all the wastewater from Preston. They just pump Brilliant. it out into Blackpool. So uh, it's not good. I've seen. I saw a dead dog floating in the sea once. I've seen dead oh. seagulls. <laughs> Uh, my uncle uh, did. He's a bin man, but one summer he was doing uh, litter picking for the whole summer along Blackpool Promenade, and um, he was down on the beach. You should go down really early on the beach because all sorts washed up, like you know, five six in the morning, and found it was like half a kilo of heroin. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, sold that on. Made a nice packet on that. But like, so I don't want to swim in that. So, I mean, if you want to get hold of Dane at all after this podcast, you can catch him. All you need to do is phone the Blackpool Tourist Board because he's working on the uh, switchboard <laughs> there. So, wow. Oh my God, I well, love what, this. what a uh, what a finale to this week's episode. Unless there's anything else you want to sneak in before we wrap up, Louise. Any other L's? Yeah, I just want to give a nod to Charlie who got in touch on the Instagram page. He said lollies for L, especially after a jab. At loom bands, they were everywhere, and the Sunday Sport oh, yeah. article about a man that put him that put them on his Johnson. Um, Tom Tom Bayon has been on and he said the wonderful city of Liverpool just about the best place on earth Uh, and finally um, Alison again thank you for getting in touch she said licorice yuck 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 what the hell is the point of it what I like licorice although it doesn't make you feel like you're about to have your teeth out in the 1800s for some reason I don't know why Uh, right well listen I'm going to be completely honest with you I've left the bag of destiny in our office which my other half Katie is currently in a very important work video chat. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to type into Google random letter. Brilliant. <laughs> Let's see. Random letter generator. Here we go. Random letter generator from A to Z. Do your thing. Here we go. D. Okay, for dick. Brilliant. I'm all over it. I, I heard that rumour. <laughs> so when we return, stuff beginning with D, uh, anything goes. D for Dane, obviously, as well. Dane, thank you so much for um, policing this episode. Just want to point out, next episode will be our first time we've had a letter twice. Have we done D already? D was episode one. Oh my God, it was our first episode. Oh. Bush, you asshole. Why would you do oh, that to no, us? No, me. Don't blame me. Blame the bloody random letter generator, you idiot letter generator. Silly <laughs> letter generator. Okay, we really, 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 really need your help. A to Z of everything on Instagram. DM us. Uh, let us know what we have to put in for the letter D because I think I've used up all my Ds in the first episode. We're, we're going to come up with some big Ds. Uh, um, and did you, mention, did you mention Dick in that one before? I don't think you did. No, I didn't. I was probably a bit shy because it was the first episode, but like it's all hanging out now, do you know what I mean? Well, yeah, we've already had jizz stains and we're only like four or five into this series, so... <laughs> So, yeah, anything goes from this point on. Uh, thank you so much for listening. This is a Curious Mole production produced by Dane Smith from the t- Tourist Board of Blackpool, who you've heard on this particular episode. And if you want to uh, give Blackpool a try, just get in touch with Dane. He'll point you in the uh, direction of some great beaches uh, and a couple of keys. And I don't mean uh, places where a boat docks up, that's for sure. And the music is by Revolution Void. Uh, we will see you in the next one. You've been listening to the A to Z of Everything. Thank you so much. 